0: Hello, my Comfy Cozy Witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 31 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. And as always, thank you so much for being here with me today as I chat all about cozy crafting and pagan prayer beads, what I've been crafting a lot of lately. But before I get into that, I have an exciting announcement that I can't wait to share with you all. So here's the big announcement. I have relaunched the Comfy Cozy Witch Patreon page. Yay! I know many of you had joined previously and asked whenever I was going to be starting it up again. And many of you who are new to the podcast or new to the Comfy Cozy Witchy world in general have asked, you know, ways to better support the podcast because I don't make any money for doing anything or for creating any of my content. And so I have decided to relaunch the Patreon. And I feel like this was a long time coming. Now that my son is back in school, and I'm getting into the swing of things, settling into a normal routine, I realized that I have some more time, and that I'm able to offer my Patreon's my, my patrons, my Patreon subscribers, some things now because I have time to create a little bit more content. So that being said, the Patreon is now live and you can find it at patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch. It's really easy. I'm comfy cozy witch on all platforms, so it's easy to find that on Patreon as well. And if you are familiar with it, you know that Last time I had my Patreon, I had three tiers, but I have added a fourth tier this time that I'm really excited about. And you can go on Patreon, you know, to see what those tiers entail. Basically, they range from $3 to $15. It's a monthly contribution. $3 is just, you know, a thanks to me, you know, buy me a cup of tea a month, that would be awesome. There is a $6 tier, there is a $12 tier and a $15 tier. And the two upper tiers get um, an exclusive monthly e-magazine created by me about a particular spice, herb, flower, or other goodie in the witchcraft world. Um, where I do like a a dive into one particular item. And for February, the magazine will be going out next week. And it's all about rose, working with rose, correspondences of the rose, magical workings, um, body products that you can create using rose and rose essential oil, spells and rituals. So that's the first magazine that's going out. And then that upper tier also get some special shout outs on the podcast as well as a monthly little giveaway which I'm excited about as well. So I just wanted to hop on here and announce that at the beginning of episode 31 that it is back. It is live so go check it out if that is something that you would be interested in. And now I want to tell you what's making me feel comfy cozy and witchy. So I'm not sure exactly how witchy this is, but it is related to my practice because what is making me feel comfy and cozy right now just grounds me, gets me in a good mental space, and that is watching the Olympics, (laughs) watching the ice skating in particular. As many of you know, um, if you followed me on my Instagram for a while, I've posted about it before. I used to figure skate. In fact, I used to do precision skating, which is basically synchronized skating, (laughs) like synchronized swimming. It's synchronized ice skating. And I've always had a love of figure skating and ice skating. And ever since I was a kid, I would tune in every year to the national championships. I would do the European championships, the continent. I would, I mean, I would watch all of the ice skating in January. You could find me Every night in front of the television because I love the figure skating. And it's funny because my interest has waxed and waned over the years and the different events. Where when I was a child, I used to think the pairs skate and the dance skating were just so boring. I couldn't stand them as a kid. And I only watched the single skating, the men's and women's single skating. But now that I'm older, I have come to appreciate all of them. And in fact, I think my favorite would be the ice dancing. I love the ice dancing, the way that they just, the couples glide across the ice and they're just so, why can't I think of the word graceful? And oh, that's so fun. And the pair skate, whenever the the women get thrown in the air and they spin in the air and then they land, like it's just crazy to me and everybody is so talented. So anyway, I have so enjoyed Just getting cozy every night and watching that. My two boys have been spending a lot of time in the basement. Now that you know, our basement is finished. Um, They've been spending a lot of time in the basement, just playing their video games or hanging out down there. And so while they do that, I have the whole upstairs to myself. So I'll make myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Or if you know me, I'll run to Starbucks and get myself an iced coffee. I'll get settled in. My dogs will curl up next to me. I might light a candle or two, turn on the TV, and watch my ice skating. The only thing about the Olympics, though, is the prime time doesn't start until eight eight thirty, and typically the ice skating events, some of them aren't on until ten o'clock at night. And you know me, I'm I've done by ten o'clock. I'm in bed. I am finished with with everything. I'm shutting down for the night. I'm ready to go start my evening rituals so I can get a good night's sleep and so I end up recording a lot of them and then watching them the next morning, which is fine just so I can catch my figure skating at some point. And I know as I'm as I'm talking, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking do I delete this whole segment and re-record it because there there's There's no witchiness to this whatsoever. There really is nothing witchy about (laughs) watching figure skating. And if you can find that connection, feel free to message me and tell me what is witchy about it. But I guess just the fact that it grounds me, puts me in a good mental space, which makes me more prepared for my craft. Maybe that's, maybe that's the connection to witchiness. But I'm so enjoying, I'm just so enjoying that. My evenings, watching my ice skating do any of you out there, do any of you watch figure skating? I know on my lives, I've brought it up on my, on my Instagram lives, Tea Time Fridays. I've brought it up the last couple of weeks because watching ice skating is just part of my day. It seems right now. Um, And many of you have commented that you enjoy it and that you are watching it as well. But I'm wondering how many of you are out there or how many of you are skipping over this segment because you're like, Jenny, I really don't want to hear you talk about ice skating. Let's get into the witchy stuff. But too bad because that is, that's my life right now. And that is what is making me feel comfy cozy every evening. So that's what's making me feel comfy cozy and maybe, maybe a little bit witchy, maybe not at this time. But now I want to go into the main segment for this episode, which is witchy crafting and um, what we can get out of having a crafting hobby. Not, I'm not talking about witchcraft, I'm talking about crafting jewelry or not work that is related to our witchcraft. I'm not talking about spell work. I'm talking about crafty craft work. (laughs) Um, So I'll get into that in just a moment. So the end of the last segment may have cut off a little abruptly, uh that was because as I was recording the end of the Comfy Cozy Witchy segment, I look outside and there's Reese running back and forth in front of the window. And I sat here and realized, oh, as long as I've been recording, Reese hasn't been under my feet as usual. She's been outside the whole time chasing birds. Who knows? Who knows what else? I think she's finding what are those little the little mice, the little rodents in the winter that they make, they burrow And they make the lines in your grass. What are those called? Anyway, Reese likes, I think, to chase them, the voles. Voles, I think they're called voles. And I realized she's been outside. Thank goodness today it's like 40 degrees out. So it's a nicer day, Uh, but she was waiting to come in. So all that to say, sorry to cut it off abruptly. I am back. And Reese is once again underneath my feet with me during my recording. She's so cute. So today... I want to talk a little bit about crafting for our craft. And I know because many of you who listen to me, who follow me, who have written to me, many of you also have that element of crafting in your practice. That somehow it is, it's related to your witchcraft. Either you create some of the tools and craft some of the tools that you use or you really tap into a lot of folk magic traditions and and use items in your craft that are handmade from items that you find in your environment or you purchase things to craft which you then use in your practice but what i notice a lot about home and hearth practitioners especially you know particularly those home and hearth witches is that there is that element of crafting in their practice. And I think it's because, and I know for me personally, it's because crafting and working with your hands has a tendency to ground you and really bring you into the present moment. And it centers you on what it is you are doing with your hands, what you are working with. And because you're constantly focused on whatever it is you're creating, You're consistently putting an intention into that creation. And, you know, I think when we think of folk magic, there's a lot of crafting or working with crafting materials that is used in folk magic, in knot magic, in thread magic and fiber magic and working with your hands when you are sewing or um, knitting and so forth especially whenever you're doing so with magical intention and I've seen lately more and more people pop up in accounts and witches that really focus on that crafting part of their witchcraft that cozy crafting part of their witchcraft and how they use that in Their practice. So the one thing I want to focus on today and I want to talk about today is what I've been crafting a lot of lately, and that is pagan prayer beads. And I have to say, you know, before I go into this, I may have talked about this before at some point, I am not a particularly... Artistic person. I'm artistic in the sense of writing with my words. I can create things with my hands, but artwork, paintings, watercolors, drawing, that is something I have never been able to do. And I wish that I could. I think it goes along with the fact that, and I know I've talked about this, the fact that I lack the ability to imagine things in my mind, Anna, not anaphasia, and I forget exactly what it's called. But I'm one of what the 3% of people in the world (laughs) who, who I can't visualize. I can't close my eyes and see things vibrant in front of me. Um, And if you, again, if you're out there and this is something that you resonate with, send me an email and tell me if you're like me, like you close your eyes and you can't imagine things, which does make guided meditation very difficult. And I end up speaking a lot of things aloud whenever I am visualizing, I'm actually doing a lot of speaking aloud myself. But that's beside the point. What So because I haven't been very artistic when it comes to drawing and painting, because gosh, I see these beautiful depictions of gods and goddesses and deity and beautiful artwork in the witchcraft world. I know I could never create and that's why I support those creators and I will purchase. I'm looking right now actually at my Terry Foss Um, drawings, my fox and my triple goddess and the witches and the witch with the little fox. I could never create something like that. But what I've always been very good at is creating items with my hands using beadwork. And I I can't tell you how many years I gave presents where I created something, whether that's a little pair of earrings or bracelets. I know I don't know, a dozen years back, like everybody got bracelets in my family that I was creating. At one point I was knitting things, everybody got scarves. I, I've always loved creating those types of things with my hands and gifting them. So when it comes to making my pagan prayer beads, I have been making them for years. And when I say years, I'm talking at least, I would say probably 20 years. Um, my first set of I made for Artemis because I've worked with her for a number of years. And, you know, I have a couple other prayer bead sets. But recently, I've really gotten into creating more of them. And I think it's because, well, I I don't think, I know it's because I was going through just old items in the basement and I found all of my beading supplies. I found all of my beading supplies, which made me start beading again and making prayer beads and then that turned into people contacting me and wanting me to make them so I've been commissioning um, custom prayer beads for people which has been a lot of fun but right now I might have to take a break from that because I do have a lot of orders but all that to say I have been coming back to using prayer beads in my practice and something that I hadn't done in a while and I always have used prayer in my practice, and I've always found ways to focus myself and and stay in the present whenever I'm meditating. But I realize that a great way to do this is using prayer beads. So let me—I I know I'm just going off. So let me just talk about prayer beads for a little bit because you may not know what they are, and you're like Jenny, you keep talking about prayer beads. What are prayer beads? So in. Many, many paths and magical traditions and religions, the use of beads is an exercise in magic, an exercise in meditation. Um, And this, again, is used and has been used for centuries and centuries all across the world in all different cultures, in all different types of practices, religious or not. And I think we all are familiar with the most obvious use of this practice in being the Catholic use of the rosary. And, you know, with the rosary, each bead represents a prayer, which is then counted in a ritualized format. Um, There are forms of Judaism that use prayer beads, and there are beads and knots that symbolize the Psalms. Um, prayer beads are used in Eastern traditions, in Western traditions, and if you're pagan, you know you're you're not going to have beads that symbolize Psalms or other Christian ideas. However, you know pagan prayer beads are used in ritualized prayer that you as a pagan or maybe you're not even pagan but you could use and you can easily construct your own set of prayer beads or get them from someone else and and the ones that you create can go hand in hand with a particular idea in your practice or belief so let me just quickly okay let's just talk about first off how you can use prayer beads I'm gonna, sorry that cut off Apologies, my husband called and cut off my recording. So, here we go. So, uses of prayer beads. There are many ways you can use them in your witchcraft practice. Um, One of the best ways is to use during meditation to stay grounded in the present moment. If you're like me or many other people during meditation, in that time where you're trying to really center yourself, you can find your mind just wandering from one idea to the next. Um, or even visualizing, if you can visualize, just going off in many directions. And a really great way to bring yourself back to the present is to have a set of prayer beads in your hand that you can rub your fingers over to bring you back to that present moment, to ground you in that present moment and bring you back to your intention in meditation. That's a really great way to use them on a daily basis Every morning, you know, if you if you do a morning meditation, when you're sitting in stillness or even listening to a guided meditation, holding those in your hand brings you back to that present moment and reminds you of what you are doing with that particular meditation. Another great way to use prayer beads is very much like you might see used in, in other religions in that you recite a pagan prayer and as you recite a particular line, you're rubbing your fingers over a bead. And each line might be represented by one bead. And as you speak the next line, your fingers move to the next bead. You speak to the next line, the next bead, the next line, the next bead, and so forth. I have a prayer for Breed, for Brigid. And I also have a set of pagan prayer beads for her as well. And I always grab that particular set whenever I'm reading that particular prayer. And that prayer happens to be 18 lines long. And so I have 18 main beads in that prayer. So with each line, I will go over, you know, rub my fingers over the next bead. What I also like to do is, You all know from my Yule episode how much I love my Robert Frost stopping by woods in a snowy evening. I have a small set that is made for the winter season and that I have known in the past I have been known to recite that poem and hold on to that particular strand to tap into the energies of winter. So, those are those are some ways that you can use pagan prayer beads in your practice. You can also use them not so much during prayer, but you can use bead sets during spell work or anytime you are saying something aloud working with intention, you rub your fingers over those beads each time you are saying a particular part of an incantation aloud, or it could be a very short strand of beads, let's say five main beads, and there are five phrases in a particular spell that you've written you need to repeat over and over and over again those five times you can you can use the beads to help emphasize that point. Um, I think they can be really effective in your spell work, especially if you are creating a set for a particular spell or intention. So if you are creating a spell of, well, let's say you're doing just a basic protection, ritual protection spell, and you have created, let's say, uh, some prayer beads. You've created beads with some black obsidian and maybe some snowflake, Jasper, it you know colors that you associate with protection. Maybe you have some tiger's eye in there. As you are creating this, um, you are keeping protection in mind. So in essence, you are you're creating an item that serves as a protective device for you, and so you can take that item. I mean, it's it's a charm. Essentially, it's a charm. And then you can take that item and use that in places where you want a little extra oomph, a little extra protection. Maybe in your car, you keep the set of beads in your car for travel to be protected on the road. Maybe you you take them with you anytime you travel or go to a new place. Perhaps you're anxious about a, a new meeting, a meeting or something for work, and you need to make make something to take with you that can soothe your anxiety and calm you, but give you, you know, the power of communication. So maybe you'll make a prayer bead set with some amethyst for calming and for some soda light, maybe for that throat chakra of communication. So you can make these bead sets not only to keep at home, on your altar, or to use during prayer or meditation, but you can use them as little charms that you take with you um, that are imbued with a certain intention. So there are many ways that you can use them. Like I said, the spell work as well. When you want to come back and revisit a spell, pick up that prayer bead set and that helps remind you of the intention and the spell work that you set into action. So when, when you go to make these, prayer beads, if this is something that you're interested in, make sure, I always make sure that I am using semi-precious stones. I know there are some places that will sell glass beads and they will just color them to make them look like semi-precious stones. But I try to find mine at either craft shows, like vendor fairs um, or gem shows. There's some Etsy shops where you can find some really nice beads as well. If I'm in a pinch, I have before run like to Michaels because it's only 20 minutes away to get supplies. But typically if I go to Michaels, I'm only going to get the wiring, (laughs) the wiring or the crimp beads or some of the um, spacer beads that go in between the main beads. But I've, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun with them. And you know, I really urge you, it's something that you could try out. And I know just from posting the last couple weeks about my creations and the ones that I've been making, so many of you have started making your own. And I think that that's so special, especially whenever it's made with with you and made with your intention in mind. I think that's great. And of course, it's great to get them from other people as well, especially if they can be custom to something, to, something particular in your craft. For example, I've made quite a few for Breed, for Brigid, because we just passed in bulk and people, you know, wanted that in in the beginnings of spring. I've made one for Persephone, for Hecate, Amphitrite, um, who is a Greek goddess of the sea, I have done some for particular seasons. I mean, one for somebody for winter, for spring, somebody wanted the five elements represented. So I did that. Another person sent me a prayer, a pagan prayer that they work with, and it had 12 lines. And so I used the prayer that they, they use, that they recite every morning to make their bead set. So there are many, many ways that you can do this and you'll you'll read that there that there are some traditional ways of making sets of beads that you need to have exactly one hundred nine or ninety nine or twenty two beads depending on depending on who you talk to, but really it's up to you it's really up to you. I like things in threes. Most of my sets are going to have three sections or a number of beads that's divisible by three because there's so much of threes in my practice. That number three is such a big number in all parts of my practice. So if somebody you know tries to tell you, <laughs> oh no, you have to have 99 beads or a small one must have 33 or no, you can make it however you would like to make it. That's the great thing about crafting your own your own things um there's a really a really neat set though on the patty i'm sorry the patty wigginton shared on their religions and i get my information from her just thought i'd um, put that out there as well because she has really great information on pagan prayer beads um but she makes some just devotional pagan prayer beads just very general ones um and you would need eight beads that represent the eight sabbats. So you'd have eight beads that represent the sabbats, 13 beads that represent the lunar months, um, four beads that would symbolize the elements. And I guess you could have five if you have spirit in there, spacer beads of your choice, and then beading wire, string, crimp beads, all of that stuff. But I really liked her use of, you know, wrapping the sabbats, the lunar months, and the elements all into one strand um, that you could use for most of your, your practice. But yes, I hope that that was a nice little overview. Oh, and I just realized, so I've made two sets for hand fasting ceremonies, which have been really special. Those have been really fun. I've so enjoyed doing this. And I feel like crafting, at least for me, is very therapeutic. You know, I deal with anxiety. I've talked about that many times on here. Um, I've been battling, if you saw my Instagram, I've been battling a migraine for the last couple of days. So I don't want to look at screens. I don't really want to look at the TV for too long. I know my ice skating, ah! <laughs> but I haven't been able to really stare at the TV. But I've been able to do some beading and crafting, a little bit of reading. That hurts my head as well. But it's been very therapeutic to have my cup of tea and do some crafting when it comes to my practice. It's been really nice. And so I urge you, whether it's making prayer beads, whether you can knit, which I think I used to be able to do and I can't remember that was years ago, whether you knit or cross stitch, there's this huge resurgence of cross stitchery that I'm seeing. Um, So many people are doing that, especially in the witchcraft world. But you know, if you're good at that, what a great way to ground yourself and just be in the present, take a deep breath, have some tea. It's so therapeutic. So whether you do that or whether you practice um, some folk traditions in not magic and making witches' ladders and doing spell work with with thread. There's so much crafting that goes into witchcraft. And speaking of thread, you know, one thing I didn't do, I have my mic, I've had my migraine, and it's still around today, I do need to get my red thread out. (laughs) And just follow one of the most simple folk spells, which is tying knots in in red thread and wearing it around my neck to help my headache. I did that few months back whenever I had another really bad episode with my migraines and it, it seemed to help um, along with medicine, <laughs> along with medicine, of course. But so I'm going to do, maybe I'll do a little bit of that crafting today. Maybe I'll do a, a little spell work too for my headache. We'll see. We'll see. But I think too, sometimes we're so focused on the the spell work and ritualized crafting, that we forget how innately magical simply making things is. It's it's innately magical because again, you're coming back to your center, you're grounding yourself. And anytime you're working with your hands and doing those things, you're putting your energy, you're putting your energy into these items that you create. So there is that innate magic in what most people would think of everyday crafting what they think is everyday crafting there is some innate magic there with the intention and with grounding yourself I'm repeating myself and I'm so I'm gonna just stop this segment soon because I keep going on and on but I mean I realize I'm asking a lot of you to share things with me this episode but I really want to know like what are you what are you creating right now what are you crafting in in or for your witchcraft practice. I mean, making candles, I see a lot of people making candles for their practice. Obviously, we have the spell jars, which has that element of crafting in witchcraft as well. But you know, what else are you creating out there for yourself? People make altar cloths. I'm having um, an altar cloth that's being made for me right now. I'm really excited about people make you can get tarot bags and tarot wraps from people. I mean, there's so much crafting in the craft. So that's what I have to say about that. I hope you all can find a little bit of time to craft for yourself. So without further ado, I'm going to move on to my next segment, which is the card pull for this episode okay so this week i am going to use the pure magic oracle which i don't think i've ever used on here this was um, created by andres and gracia um, and this is through rock pole publishing which i do have a couple of their decks they're very nice so let's go through here i'm gonna find one all right So I chose Herbal Craft, Regeneration, Plant Medicine, Caretaker, and Bloomer. And it is a beautiful um, card. There is a window, an open window that looks out to a crescent moon and there's some flowers on the wall. And then it looks like there's a table with little vials of potion and there's roses, roses and dandelion sitting on there. It's a really beautiful card herbal craft so let's see here regeneration plant medicine caretaker bloomer healing like magical aptitude is accomplished in step-by-step increments who better to teach us about healing and regeneration than the plant kingdom a bouquet of roses is not the same as any old bouquet of flowers as roses indicate love romance and desire Now, how funny is that that my Patreon subscribers are going to get a magazine on roses? And of course, I chose this card. (laughs) How do you increase the power? By number. Whether you receive five, seven, or eight roses may be immaterial. But make that number a dozen and a powerful message is sent. Oh, I love that. So the pure wisdom here. You are where you need to be in order to bloom. Oh, I really love that. I'm going to say it again. You are where you need to be in order to bloom. There is a call for healing and the time to stand in aid is now. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's you. The first step is to gather your tools in nature and listen to the wisdom planted all around you. Plants have medicine if you care to sit still with them long enough. Alternatively, where in your life are you allowing the passions to go untended to wither and wilt away? Are you cutting your creative buds too soon? Oh, that's a good thing to think about. If you, you know, start a project, but then stop. Are you cutting those buds too soon? Do you not believe you are beautiful in your own making? What ideas and beliefs do you need to change now to see you are radiant in your unique form? Become your own caretaker and stop allowing others to cut you down. Oh, I really like that one. That's really nice. So, that's the little message from Pure Magic Oracle today. It's the Herbal Craft Regenerate Plant Medicine Caretaker Bloomer. Oh, I love that. So, before, before I go today, there are a few shout outs that I want to give to some of you who did leave some messages and rated, reviewed the podcast. And again, if you, you know, want a way to support me, support the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Um, I always love getting the messages. I read all of them. As you know, I typically read them on the podcast. Another great way now to support me is through Patreon because it's officially launched. Patreon.com slash comfy cozy Four different tiers, really good stuff. So First, I want to do a shout out to Kelly Squared 19. Kelly, thank you so much for your comments. It's a blend of comfort and education. um, And you're really enjoying it. So thank you. Anissa, Anissa, thank you for your kind words. Thank you so much for your kind words. I love that you're enjoying the podcast. And I'm so glad that you have discovered it as well. So thank you for being here. Aluna Morgana. You two are enjoying the podcast. You love the community formed under the comfy, cozy, you know, all the comfy, cozy witches. Um, You love whenever Reese is in the background or my son comes (laughs) comes in and makes appearances. Yes, it does feel like you're spending time in my house with me because, as you know, I don't really edit. This is authentic Jenny Blonde's house. (laughs) Um, Serena Kurtz, thank you for your kind words, that I give some insight into things. You say that I stay pretty on topic. That's my favorite part of your whole comment. She stays pretty on topic, but also gives side notes, which are helpful. Yes, I try to stay on topic, but I do ramble. I feel like this was a rambly episode. So please pardon that. I'm going to blame it on my migraine. (laughs) Rebecca with a heart um, thank you so much for your kind words. I love that you enjoy the energy of the podcast and listening to this makes it feel like you're talking to a friend. Thomas Phoenix Brown. What a regal name. I love that name. Thomas Phoenix Brown. Thank you for your kind words. Um, you feel informed in the magical world. I'm so glad that this has been helpful to you, especially at the beginning of your practice. <laughs> there's Reese. We couldn't, we couldn't go through an episode without her making an appearance. Go, go, go. And then Little Witch Four. Thank you. Thank you. You say that I seem to be an old soul, which I've been told that many, many times. And I'm so glad that listening makes you feel like you're having a cup of hot coffee or tea with a friend. That's exactly what I want my listeners to get out of this. So that is it. Um, again thank you for joining me for episode number 31 and in the next couple weeks I'll have another episode out for you but until then stay comfy cozy and witchy